Welcome to Calling It Out, the podcast dedicated to calling out the BS in your head and teaching you how to free yourself from an eating disorder or an eating distress. Throughout this podcast, we'll be looking at the way we think and how it impacts our behaviours. With each episode, we'll be teaching you how you can change your thinking in order to lead a freer life. I'll be your host, Jacqueline Campion. Hello and welcome back to Calling It Out, season three, episode three. Today, I am delighted to say I'm joined by mindset coach Claire Feely, who speaks to us about how she made a huge shift from 11 years of teaching to now being a mindset coach. I really hope that you take something from today's episode. It was a real privilege to speak to Claire, how she shares, how she turned her difficulties in the last year to shifting them into creating a lot of dreams and goals that she didn't think was possible at a time. Good morning, Claire. Welcome to Call It Out. Thanks so much for having me, Jacqueline. I'm delighted. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm so delighted to have you on for this episode. Um, I really wanted to have you on because actually I had heard you speaking on a podcast a few months back and it was actually at a time where it was just, you know, divine time and I definitely believe in that. And I just came across it and, and I'm sure you, this isn't the first time you've heard it, but I just felt like you were really speaking to me. I was, I had to stop cooking the dinner. I got the A4 pad out and I was just writing down all of these, just so many things that you were saying were really landing with me at that time. And I was thinking, okay, if I could get this lady on for calling it out, because I know yourself you're a mindset coach so it's not necessarily I know eating distress and eating disorders isn't technically I'm doing little kind of air commas here something that you're specializing or whatever that means but there was just so much in what you are teaching and promoting that so aligns with freedom from eating distress and emotional stress so thank you so much for being here um, and I'm, I'm really excited for it so I suppose you, um, just to maybe even give us a little bit of a background, I know, you know, you were teaching, I think, for 11 years, if I'm right in saying. Okay, so you were a teacher for 11 years and now you've jetted off, you've moved ship, you're over in Portugal, not jealous at all. I've learned to be happy for people. It's a journey in itself. And you are now working as a mindset coach, really following the passion of like self-confidence, self-worth. I mean, can you give us a bit of background? How does that happen? How do you go from teaching from 11 years to where you are now? Yeah, it, it has been a journey. And you know, there's the long version and the short version, but I go with the short version. And before I go into it, I just want to say thank you so much. And thank you for having me on here. Like the response I got from that podcast I did with Sinead Hegarty, I just, I'm still blown away by it. I really did set the intention that whoever was meant to hear this, and it's the same with this podcast, whoever is meant to hear this message, they will, and they will hear it at the exact time they're meant to hear it. And the fact that you heard it and now asked me on to your podcast, like that's just amazing. It's so, so nice. So thank you for that. Um, and thank you for, for your platform. That's just so amazing. Um, the short story. <laughs> so I first got into my own, I suppose, healing journey back in 2012. So nearly 10 years ago when I had just moved home from Australia and my mental health was just at an all time low. I was so anxious, so depressed, and I ended up going to the doctors and being put on medication. And I didn't tell a soul, like I didn't tell my friends, I didn't tell family. It was one of those things that, you know, I was just so ashamed. I was so embarrassed and I didn't even stay on the antidepressants. I only stayed on them for a month. And it was around that time that I really discovered personal development. It was like that, you know, the Google search, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Why can't I just be happy? Um, and that led me into like personal development, mastering your mindset, goals. But I nearly went the other way. I nearly went from being stuck in the past and, you know, just going over things that had happened to me to being obsessed with the future and setting goals. And I got really into vision boards and, I got my dream job in Abu Dhabi, still teaching in 2018. 
Um, and I got into a fabulous school and the apartment was beautiful. We had a rooftop pool, gym. Like I literally rang my mom on the first night and I was like, this doesn't feel real. This is just like, it, it, it was unbelievable. And it was about a year into that, I realized that I had everything I'd ever wanted and I was still miserable. Like not miserable as in on the outside, <clears throat> you know, my life looked great. I looked great. You know, not that I look great, but like I you wouldn't have known to look at me how much I was struggling on the inside. And I think that's one of the, the hardest part of struggling with your inner world is how good we are at masking it. And that makes it even harder to get help. And even being able to openly talk about having depression and having anxiety, for me, that is just huge. Like the version of me 10 years ago can't believe that I'm on a podcast when I couldn't even tell my best friend. And now I'm on a podcast talking about it. And, you know, uh, I it, it just that was a real turning point for me was sitting on the sofa crying, realizing that. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep running away from my past. I can't keep, you know, chasing the future and chasing goals. And that's when I got serious about my health and happiness. And the thing about your healing journey, I wish I could say that, yeah, and then everything just fell into place and it went really well. I went through probably the hardest year I've been through because I really dealt with the past. I processed a lot of trauma um, and I just let go of my attachment to goals and my attachment of doing more, being more, having more. And when you experience that freedom and that genuine fulfillment, you just want it for everyone else. You just want everyone else to know this. Like I struggled for so long and I really struggled in silence. And now I'm shouting about it because I just I want everyone to know that your mind can be your worst enemy enemy. Like if you're not, you know, if you haven't mastered your inner world, your outer world doesn't matter. I had it all on the outside. If you looked at my Instagram, you would have been like, oh, my God, her life is amazing. So that's now what I help clients with. It's not even just mastering their mindset. It's mastering their inner world mastering your emotions, mastering your self-worth, all of those things. Because at the end of the day, when clients come to me with goals and they want to master their mindset, that's what we all want, Jacqueline. We all want contentment. We want inner peace. And I think most importantly, we want to like ourselves. And we want to like ourselves unconditionally, not because we look a certain way, not because we've achieved certain things, we just genuinely want to like ourselves. And that's my favorite part about the work that I do when clients realize that liking themselves makes everything else on the outside so much better. I just love seeing their transformation and see them going from, yeah, Claire, I just need to fix this and I just need to fix that. And I'm listening and I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm holding space for it I'm listening I'm reading between the lines to see what it is that's really holding them back and then just watching them get out of their own way like I had a client yesterday and she said that coaching doesn't take away your problems and it absolutely doesn't but she had had a really tough week but her resilience and her confidence like she said Claire I was just so grounded in myself I, you know, I put my needs first. I, oh, I just, even thinking about it makes me a little bit emotional because she's just come so far. And that's what we all want. We all want to not be at the mercy of the outside. We want to have control of our inner world and we want to live with intention, live our lives for ourselves. Live your life to impress you, nobody else. And when you do that, you're doing life well. Um, so that's kind of the, the short story of it. There's a lot more in between and breakdowns and breakthroughs and everything. But just, I suppose, to give listeners an idea of my own journey that you know, I have the receipts. I wish I was somebody that was just born really positive and, you know, doing this work because I'd had such an easy life and it's it's far from it. Um, but 
I think that life is not what happens yet. It's what you make of it. And it's, you know, what you decide to do with your life. And I'm so glad that I took my power back and I moved from being a victim of my life and a victim of others and things that had happened to me to being like, okay, Claire, this is it. Like you, you know, life is short and it's what you make of it. So that's kind of my, um, <laughs> my long, short version. <laughs> Stunning, you know, and I could even feel like getting little goosebumps when you're speaking about your client there. Do you know, you, like you said, it's almost you can feel it even in your heart just to even watch that kind of shift mm -hmm. and transition. Just that level of humanity. It's just that that kind of connection that is that is really the gift of, like you said, processing that stuff, letting go a lot of that old stuff and, and it making space for this new stuff. And then there's two things that really were coming up for me when you were speaking there. One it's like, you know, the rainbow is the pot of gold, mm -hmm. you know, really, I think that's such an important point, like, you know, gold setting and vision boards are incredible, but you're watching out for that little nuance of maybe is it necessarily, is it helpful? Is it another way of sometimes doing the same thing in a different way, mm -hmm. you know, and, and to even have that, I mean, that takes, again, the word courage really comes to mind. Do you know, like, you're like we I think many of us know this on an intellectual level like the Instagram and it's not real but and but ruining the first part of the sentence it's like you said it's going deeper with that work and getting into I think I've heard you even use a similar term you know that the three different types of knowing the, it could, how, how just to even give me a little is it the how do you reflect on the three types of knowing? Because I remember it just it landed where you've got to be paraphrasing. So the three levels of knowing, we can cognitively and logically know stuff. And that's usually where clients come to me. They're like, Claire, I know that social media isn't real. Like, you know, we cognitively, we logically, but it's bringing that down into our heart space and bringing it into our gut knowing. Like it's taken a long time for me to know that I'm worthy logically and cognitively. I read all the books. I did the courses to really bring it into my heart space. And now I know it on a gut level. I just, in my gut, I know that I'm worthy. And that's what I help clients do is not just, you know, positive affirmations, positive, you know, mindset. It's not about that. It's getting it to travel from the mind down to the heart and into the gut. And clients will come to me, you know, between sessions, they'll be like, I, I think, Claire, I think it's going down into my body. I think I can start to feel it now and not just think it, not just know it. And that's when I know that they're really transforming. That's when I know, like, because feelings are stronger than emotions. They just, uh, the physical sensation of feelings are stronger than the, the you know, your neurochemistry. So it is that getting to know it on a gut level. And it does take time. It does take like, even for me, it's daily practices. It, it re That's what it all comes down to. It's daily practices. It's not one therapy session a week. It's not one coaching session a week. It's not a course once a year. It's not a book that you read. It's your daily practices. It's your behavior. Your behavior feeds your beliefs and your beliefs drive your behavior. So if you have daily practices where you're working on beliefs that empower you, you're going to, the, the behavior will follow. Most people try to change their behavior and rely on willpower rather than changing their beliefs and sitting down and doing the work. As you said, Jacqueline, getting rid of the old BS beliefs that were installed in us from childhood and installing new beliefs that empower you. Yeah. Absolutely. And I often use that kind of analogy. It's like doing the garden and like you look out the back and it's like the subconscious mind. It's like there's weeds everywhere. Mm. And, you know, there's, you know, there's this sense of like this space has so much potential, which is a word that brings up lots of different things for me. But it's like you said there, it's actually just bringing awareness to the fact that, OK, yeah, there's loads of weeds here, but we can do something about it. We can plant new ones. I think there's that sense. It's and it's one. It's gorgeous to hear, you know, that kind of um, reaffirming. It's daily practices. And I know from when, when I was personally in a space and I was going through my own recovery. And to be honest, I thought it was very woo woo. I was highly intellectual. I was not into any of this self-love stuff at all. But it was that um 
it's that idea of like the daily yeah that daily practice and I was thinking oh Jesus Christ am I gonna have to do this for the rest of my life <laughs> like just you know like just bring my I just want a couple of couple of handouts couple of blogs at the time there wasn't you know podcasts and and and, and social media but you know it, it's almost like well I have to do this and I think that's even that coming back to like you said there that it takes time the process the almost the value in the humanity the the, the breakdowns the spiritual awakenings if you want to call them the breakthroughs all of that but even like it's a sense of even coming back to shift in the mindset of wanting to want to prioritize yourself and coming back to that idea of self-worth you know that is something I've definitely heard you speak about you know I mean for for you in your own journey you know that's you know you're talking about bringing it to the head into the heart Mm -hmm. you know for someone let's say coming into you like you said okay what would you recommend what kind of I mean, for want of maybe a more psychological word, any tips? How do you go from really getting that sense of like, okay, Claire, yeah, I am trusting and believing I'm good. How did how did you do it? How did you make that shift? It is, you're so right, Jacqueline, with the like, um, we all want the Insta fix, the Insta, you know, we live in an Insta world. And it is that sometimes clients will ask like, you know, when, when are you fully healed? When do you know you're, you're fully there? And it's like, it's a journey we're always doing it. It's not, you know, when I stopped doing my daily practices, I noticed the old stuff, like, you know, coming back and it's not your self-care practices are not a to-do list. They're not, you know, okay, tick, tick, tick. I've done that. How long do I have to do this for? It's like your physical health. We have to move our body every day and we have to feed it, you know, nourishing food in order to maintain our physical health. We wash our body every day. It is the same with your self-worth exercises. They are your maintenance. They're not, you know, like it's taken time, 10 minutes a day to just maintain your mental and emotional strength. The same as you do your physical strength. And our body is made to move. And, you know, we're made to feel good about ourselves. But we don't do the maintenance. We don't do the daily maintenance that it takes to do that. It's like not plugging your phone in every night. It just doesn't work. When are we going to get that we need to plug ourselves in daily for it to work? Like, when are we going to get that? And for me, the practices that have changed my life the most is sitting in silence with myself. That's and I even I always get clients to start with one minute and the difference even just one minute makes because if we didn't learn in childhood to meet our own needs and to validate our emotions, we emotionally abandon ourselves and we self abandon. So sitting with yourself in silence for one minute every day is you saying to yourself, I'm coming back to myself. I'm loving myself. I'm nourishing myself. I'm nurturing myself. If you think of your relationship with your partner or a friend or your family, relationships take work. And it's the same with the relationship with yourself. You can't go through your week not spending a minute of silence with yourself and expect to have a good relationship with yourself. So I would say start with a minute of silence. Um, Another really good one is, you know, affirmations are really powerful because 90% of the thoughts we think are the same thoughts that we thought yesterday and the day before and the week before and the month before. And if you're not changing your programming, if you're not changing and putting new thoughts in there, how can you expect to get new results? You can't, you're just going to keep getting the same results. So a minute of silence, even just a minute of reprogramming, putting in better thoughts into your mind. And at night, I love doing my three wins of the day. So three things that went well today, my three gratitudes. So three things that I'm really grateful for. And one that I stopped doing and I need to go back to it. When I was looking at my journal last night, I was like, oh, I miss doing that. And the two minute magic moment. So just thinking of two minutes, something that happened today that was just a two minute thing that was it was just, it felt amazing. It, it could have been a conversation, could have been a really nice cup of tea. It could have been watching friends and just laughing. Like it's just making sure that we don't miss the highlight of our day, making sure that we don't, you know, most people go to sleep with 
what they didn't get done and what they need to get done tomorrow and they wake up with, okay, I need to get this done, this done, this done. Something else that has really helped me know it on a gut level is saying to myself every morning, I wake up worthy. I'm not waking up to go out into the world and prove my worth and impress people. You know, I wake up worthy. I go to sleep worthy. It's just really reprogramming yourself to feel genuine self-worth. And that's a journey inward to separate your self-worth from the outside world when you've only ever been conditioned that your self-worth is outside of you. It's in your appearance, your achievements. It's in the approval of others. It's hard, but it's so possible. And it is a journey inwards. And that journey inwards needs to happen every day. You know, 10 minutes a day. I love when clients come back after just doing the one minute of silence and so much has come up for them. It's getting to know yourself again. It's getting to love yourself. It's it's not just saying the things in your mind. It's showing yourself. You have to back up your beliefs with action. You can't, you know, try to believe that you're worthy and then still keep self-abandoning. You have to back it up with behavior. Yeah. No, that's just, you know, fabulous. Just all of that. There's just such a sense of value in the simplicity. Yes. You know, really valuing. And I often refer to like freedom journeys and where the magic has happened. And it's like tailoring. You know, it's those finer details that might, nobody mightn't even notice, but it just sets off the whole thing and makes a difference. And it's, I'm so, it's so lovely to, to hear you even saying that those daily practices, the simplicity, there's this, and like you said, with the Insta world and with the information age, and this is part of my um, uh, dilemma before starting a podcast a few years ago when someone said, you should start, you know, what, what about starting a podcast? And straight away, now look, I've done a bit of work. It was, it was, it was a bit of ego there. And I said, Jesus Christ, the last thing we need, like, why would I be doing another podcast? And I suppose for me, even between Instagram or posting or the podcast, I'm like, is it more information? But it's like, look, you can curate it. Like you said, like, I remember my friend saying, you're like, well, you could say that about like hairdresser and and skincare. Like, do you know, like there's this, like you said, like there's a space for for everything and who's going to hear it at that time and everything like that I suppose for me I was like oh there's too much there's too much which was probably more of a reflection on where I was at I want to come back to what you were saying about behavior and it takes me back to something that really landed with me when you were talking about motivation and I said I want to get Claire on talking about this stuff because as well, it's great to have another voice that says similar things as well. So I'd be like, well, you saw it. Well, Claire was saying it's not just, you know, it's all like I'm like in, in sometimes people are like, oh, that's just Marino saying that that's just Jacqueline or, or, or Marie or, you know, it's the the motivation. Um, this is something definitely more now than ever, I would say, in the last maybe five to six years when it comes to the area of freeing ourselves. Um, I am kind of coming away from the recovery journey, but freeing ourselves from that bully in our head, as I, that dictator in our head. Um, you're talking about, you know, even hygiene. And again, it actually brings me back. And just to even acknowledge even the area of shame, you know, these simple practices, when, when the bully in my head was so strong, personal hygiene for me I'd be I wouldn't tell anybody at the time but I completely neglected it you know I actually get I think it's sometimes challenging to even imagine how low your sense of self or your self-worth goes that you're not even worth getting never mind getting up dressing up showering you know and it's these things where like you said abandoning ourselves those behaviors at the time like if you saw me on the outside looking in you'd think geez if she was a bar of chocolate now she'd ate herself and it was all just so fickle and so surface level so this almost negative narcissism well it was really me what do I think about me what do people think about me but then if you see me at home complete abandonment complete self-neglect and it's just interesting how they kind of play together motivation there's a sense there of almost waiting to feel I don't feel motivated Claire you know I don't feel motivated to start looking out for myself or you know taking care of myself or I'll do the self-care when I feel motivated how do you navigate a space like that when maybe either personally or professionally I, I um motivation like, do we wait for it? 
how do we how do we create it because this is something I've heard you speak about um before and it, my ears definitely pricked up when you were talking about it. Thanks so much for sharing about that personal hygiene thing and just lifting that shame and the taboo around when you're in self-abandonment, when you're struggling with your mental health, none of that matters. Like you are just in survival mode. And I would have been very similar to you where on the outside, I projected such confidence and everything. But when I got home and crawled under the duvet, like oh dear god uh, it just your self-care goes to the bottom of the list it's you know and and you can go days without showering and and that then just feeds the shame of I'm so disgusting I'm and that is the freeze trauma response where our body just shuts down because it's so exhausted from being in fight or flight it's so exhausted from the hypervigilance the hypersensitivity everything and when you're in that mode and you feel so disgusting. Like I know, like motivation to even just get up and go to the toilet even. Like that can be such an effort. So, you know, I went through a really tough time last Christmas. I probably one of the lowest points of my mental health. And I didn't know how I'd get out of my pajamas. Like I spent six weeks on the sofa I just, I, I just didn't. And one of the biggest things that helped me was just getting back out walking. Like that was just like, for me, just getting out into nature, walking, you know, even sending voice notes when I was walking, things that were coming up. And I remember going on these walks and <laughs> I would be crying on the walk and I would hear neighbor, like I would hear people coming around the corner and I'd have to like, you know, get rid of the tea. And like, hi, how are you? Yeah, hi. And then go back. Like, and I remember thinking like, Claire, this is nuts. Like you're just walking because I live out in the countryside. So, you know, like I'm walking on country roads, but you do meet neighbors out walking. And I just remember meeting two women and I, I was like, please don't look at my eyes. Like, don't look at how red my eyes are. But that was what really built my motivation back up was start so small that you set yourself up for success and I would trick my brain I would be like okay I'm just going to put my runners on okay I'm just going to go to the door okay I'm just going to go to the you know and that really started my healing journey you know back to myself was just going for a walk crying when I needed to you know and just valuing myself again and I remember it was what my therapist said to me that really just flicked a switch in my mind that I was being so hard on myself. And she said to me, Claire, if you were going through chemo, would you be this hard on yourself? And I was like, yeah, but I don't have cancer. This isn't chemo. This is me just like not being able to get off the sofa. And it, it just something really switched in me about I, I need to be kinder to myself. I'm not going to come out of this if I keep beating myself up. And those walks and just, you know, a little bit of verbal ventilation, sending a voice note, you know, I got out of my pajamas, you know, I, I was starting to, I was becoming better at talking to other people, even if it was just a voice note on WhatsApp. But it is that what I said in the, the podcast that you're referring back to is the, it's about momentum over motivation. Motivation is never there when we need it. And it is such a myth. We think that successful people are so motivated. They're not. They just focus on momentum. And momentum comes from baby steps. That's why I give clients the task of doing one minute of silence. Because if I said to them, okay, I want you to do 10 minutes meditation, 10 minutes visualization, journal 10 pages, read 10 pages, like, it, it, our, our brains are wired for comfort so the smaller you can make it and the more you can stack those small wins that's why I do my wins at night I'm like I got up I went for a walk you know it, it it's just reprogramming our mind to not think that we need to feel motivated you know and one of my mantras then was if I don't feel like it I'm going to do it anyway it is that night motto, just do it. Like, don't you don't need to feel like it, just do it. And connect more with how you'll feel after. 
you know, after I go for this walk, I know my head will feel clearer. I know I feel, you know, like I have more energy. I, you know, it is just that and just do it anyway. You know, and I know that that's not easy when you're at your lowest, but that's what got me to where I am today was just going for walks. It's, it's, it's fun. And I love what you're saying about tricking the brain, mm-hmm. you know, because this is definitely a huge thing for me about like with, with, you know, challenging and, and melting the bully and, and, and reclaiming your power is a lot of it. I definitely, I would speak about like learning how your opponent works, you know, you know, the, the bully in our mind, that conditioned style of thinking, those old belief systems. And again, look, they're comor- like they've, they're coming from lots of different spaces and places and over time. But it's it's our intelligence that it's using it, uh, you know, and it's like it's like terrorism. It's it's an intelligence hijacked by fear and even just simple things like that. You know, I'm just thinking, OK, how do you become a mindset coach? It's like, well, I couldn't get off the couch for six weeks and I just tricked myself into putting my runners on, you know, like and it's that like and again, even like with confidence, like you said, like. I mean, if I listen to my brain or my body, like even you're speaking about the nervous system, like, you know, if, if, if the unknown is going to bring up, you know, the adrenaline, the cortisol, the nervous system is bringing different things up. But it's not about getting rid of something or waiting until it's gone. There's a sense of like, OK, well, you know, I talk about like learning to ignore thinking, you know, but not not in a sense of like. you're speaking about like not acknowledging what you've experienced and it's not but in in the context of you know oh but that that thought still comes in and it's still telling me to do this and I'm not able to do it it's like just actually practicing ignoring it do you know like it is like that bully in the head because like you're saying there you know building up momentum making promises to ourselves you know and and you spoke earlier on about even you know kind of being gentle with yourself Mm -hmm. and I suppose that's something for me that I it took me a long time to think that that just isn't letting yourself go or that's you know like like I used to think hobbies were for hippies so if you're not winning something or getting the prize at the end of it I genuinely my makeup was that I didn't understand why you would do it which is obviously like you know quite an empty space to be in but being gentle with yourself it's great. It's lovely to hear about how well that's actually working in your own journey, personally and professionally. It's, I always kind of see it's like a HR department, you know, slave labor and being harsh and corporal. It's like in the educational system, moving away from corporal punishment and going to a child led education. Mm-hmm. And so many people that we're often working with have such strong moral compasses and are so protective, you know, yourself, even coming from an educational background. The way we speak to our students, the way we speak to our clients, patients, a lot of people with high sensitivity often working in the area of caregiving so much more respect and word for the people that we're working with and just learning to transfer that a child-led led education you know where my mind was that maybe 15 years ago I think Jesus Christ it's the making of a circus but it's the same even with the body do you know trust in the body being gentle with our body um yeah, it's just it's just it's it's just lovely you know hearing to what you're you know what you're saying like does you know you, you um we were talking I've, I've a bit a little bit maybe freedom and I would talk a lot about like freeing ourselves from this bully like for yourself when you think about maybe emotional freedom or you know freedom in general um or maybe that's not the word that you use I mean there's something else what does that mean for you that kind of emotional freedom away from the freeing yourself from the critic what's that look like what's that mean for you Yeah, it is. And I think what it means for me is accepting all parts of me, like the parts of me that, you know, when I was in that really low place last Christmas, the parts that were keeping me stuck on the sofa were the parts that were just trying to protect me. They were trying to protect me from more pain, from more suffering. But it it is that like, sometimes when we talk about the inner critic it can become like this enemy that we have to fight but what about getting to know your inner critic and what about getting to know what its biggest fears are and reminding your inner critic that you're safe and coming from a place of love rather than fear like there's two 
levels of vibration. There's the vibration going downwards into fear, and that's a downward spiral, and that's when we shut down. And there's the energetic vibration of love where we're spiraling upwards. And it is that like having love and compassion for yourself. And you have a mind, but you're not your mind. So the same as your heart pumps blood around your body, it needs that to circulate oxygen. You know, we need that to survive. Air brain pumps out anywhere between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. And those thoughts are for our survival. We need them. And most of those thoughts are fear-based because our brain's job is survival, not happiness. So when you can train your brain to work for you rather than against you, like that's freedom. And in terms of emotional freedom, for me, emotional freedom is not being afraid of my emotions. It's allowing myself that when I'm sad, I feel sad, but I don't go into the story. I just stay with the sensation. I just stay with the, you know, I've a, uh, type pain in my chest I feel it coming up into my throat as like a lump so it's just staying with the sensation and it's you feeling the feedback but feeling the feelings because feelings are feedback and it's not going into the story of I'm so sad because she did this to me and that didn't work out and that client didn't do this or you know I don't go into the story I just stay with the sensation and I allow it to pass and emotional freedom for me is feeling the feelings that, you know, I want to feel more often. Like my emotional home used to be fear, stress, worry, anxiety. My emotional home generally now is happiness, gratitude, you know, but I'm not constantly chasing that. I'm not like, I just need to be happy all the time. I'm a mindset coach. It, it, it's the freedom to feel whatever's coming up in the moment and to sit with the sensation, not the story, and to just allow the emotion to pass. And what you focus on, you feel. So I know if I'm feeling like anxious, worried, stressed, I'll stop myself and I'll ask myself, what are you focusing on? And I'm focusing on all the things that aren't done that I need to do. I don't want to feel that. I want to feel light. I want to feel, you know, like my day is easy. So I focus on things that make me feel better. I focus on, okay, who can I get to help me with this? Or what do I need right now? Or one of my favorite focus questions is, if this was easy, if this felt easy and exciting, what would that look like? So me doing my first talk, me doing my group coaching launch, things that I would normally struggle with, that anybody would struggle with. I now ask myself, if that felt easy and exciting, what would that look like? Because your brain is just your thoughts are just questions and answers ask yourself better questions and you'll get better answers you know what can go wrong with this will give you a hundred possibilities of what could go wrong and you'll feel crap asking yourself if this was easy and exciting what would that look like it would give you amazing answers and then you'll actually start to feel excited so your thoughts are just questions and answers ask yourself better questions if I notice a negative thought coming up I literally say to my brain give me a better one I don't like that one give me a better thought give me a better question give me a better answer it is that train your brain to work for you not against you and the best way to do that is by sitting in silence getting to know your brain getting to know the questions that it keeps asking, like, what does everyone think of me? You know, why am I like this? What's wrong with me? You have to get to know those questions and like say to your brain, give me a better question. I don't like that one. Give me a better question. And, and that does take practice. It's not a, an insta fix. It's, it's a daily practice. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that, you know, give me a better question because it, it it's so repetitive. Mm -hmm. Like condition style thinking, like you say, it's nothing new. It's the same crap different day. Like, and it's like you said, it's going, could be going round and round training unopposed for decades. Yeah. You know, so like you said, it does take, you know, a bit of time. And I suppose coming back to what you're saying with the emotions and from my own kind of person. Now, look, there would have been a time where this maybe would have terrified me, but those parts we don't see, that kind of like, raw side of that's not necessarily a word the more raw side of of doing the work as as a term that obviously gets used quite a lot but 
the mindset stuff, I suppose, from my experience and kind of wanting to go a little bit deeper with things um, in terms of self-development, the I think it's so important, like you're saying, like the, the emotions, like I love that stuff now. And I always sometimes have a laugh, sometimes with clients if they're crying, they think, oh, I talked to you the other day, I was bawling my eyes out and I said, I bet Jacqueline be loving that. And I was like, yes. Yes, same. <laughs> I'm the same when clients talk about crying. I'm like, yes, amazing. <laughs> I just like that's brilliant and they're like yeah and I was trying to cry and then I started laughing a bit and I was just like that is so lovely because I'm like it's it's like it's like even with nourishment it's so important to embrace that regularly and again so much there's so much we're learning that we know we know like you said on that intellectual it's 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 good or it's healthy or it's better and this kind of stuff but like uh, that's definitely one thing and I think it's about maybe redefining and um, checking in with our expectations of the freedom journey as well mm-hmm. do you know I think like look start with putting your runners on and I'm not here to kind of terrify anybody but like I don't know from maybe your experience but those raw like like the vulnerability stuff it, we know we've so many talks on it we've so many researches on it but I suppose I'd I'd like I like more of kind of exposing those moments where you are like, oh, my God, no, this is the time I think I'm actually going to die. Like, I want the world to swallow me up. And that's where I'm like wanting to get that message. You know, when you really think this is the end and you're like you're you're finished, you're done with socially, professionally, physically, whatever those things are for you. They're your golden nuggets. That's your catalyst for elevating and expanding on the whole freedom journey and I know then obviously you can have people looking at it being like are you for real do you know and so I don't like from your like has there been a shift like I mean what helped you get more comfortable I suppose with those juicier parts of the journey did you were you resistant at first I think like the better you get at feeling uncomfortable and this is what I really help my clients with as well is I say to them if they're learning how to set boundaries they're learning how to be vulnerable with others all the things that we need to be healthy one of the biggest things that they will say is I didn't know I could do it uncomfortable we take discomfort as a sign to stop And when we take discomfort as a sign to stop, we live in this small comfort zone. And the cost of living in your comfort zone is way more painful than the cost of going outside of it. The more comfortable you can get being uncomfortable and just bringing your fear along with you. Like I love that you talked about when you started the podcast that you were, you know, full of doubt and like, nah, you know, why would I do something like that? Because they're the biggest things that hold us back is I'm not good enough. And what would other people think? And when you're in that fear-based mindset or that fear-based living, it's just, it's so hard. Life is such a struggle. It really is. Whereas when you cross over into the, what if this really worked out? What if this was amazing? What if this felt easy and exciting? And you actually start to fulfill your potential. It's just, it's so expansive. As you said, it's just, it's the best feeling ever it really is. And my biggest thing is do it scared. Like I was coaching a client who really struggled to speak up in meetings to the point that her manager called her out on it and was like, you've such good ideas, like bring them to the meetings. And she would be fine in a meeting of three or four. But once it went over that, she just couldn't talk. And I always track and trace where this came from, because we have to heal it at the root to overcome the behavior. And when she was in the Girl Scouts, when she was younger, somebody said to her, oh, you're such a good girl. You're so quiet. Isn't that great? Like you're, you know, everyone else was so noisy and loud. And, And so she associated being a good person with being quiet. To the point that her nervous system was so conditioned to be quiet, even when she had something really valuable to share. So the first week we set the task of, you know, just contributing something small. And she came back after that and she said, I just, I couldn't do it, Claire. My palms got all sweaty. You know, I just, I froze and the meeting was over and I was so mad with myself. And I was so, and, and it was teaching her not to be mad with herself. It's like, 
if your nervous system is conditioned for this, it might take us a few sessions and that's okay. So for the next, uh, next week's homework, I got her to just ask the time. I just wanted her to ask the time at these big meetings. Does anybody have the time? Or like, just ask like the silliest question. Like, can you repeat that? Like just anything to just get her to speak up. And she came back the next week and she was like, Claire, I did it with the nerves and I didn't know I could do it with the nerves. And I was like, yes, that's so amazing. And her confidence, you could see it just grew and it grew. And then when we finished coaching together, she sent me an email that they had done corporate training or somebody had come in and spoken to them and she won an award for active participation like the complete opposite of you know like that's what I mean by when you're installing new beliefs you have to back it with the behavior if the behavior isn't supporting the beliefs if you're telling yourself I'm worthy but your behavior is eating crap drinking every weekend letting people treat you like shit the, the belief isn't going to stick. It's it's like, you know, throwing spaghetti at a wall. It, it just doesn't stick. So it, it is that like, you have to do it scared. You have to get comfortable. You know, even you talking about doing your podcast and having all of your doubt. We look at people in their winning season. If you look at my Instagram and what I share now, you didn't see my losing season at Christmas where I was rock bottom and as you said I thought this was it like I nearly deleted my page I was like nobody would even notice if I just deleted it I just was on the way out Jacqueline like I was done I was like this I I I've tried everything I've read every book I've been to therapy I it was just my rock bottom and coming out of that was I had to start relying on others for help as well. Like, obviously I had a really good relationship with my therapist, but I had to get good at the verbal ventilation. I had to get good at being vulnerable. I had to get good at looking after myself. I had to stop self-abandoning. I really, really did. And one of the biggest things I learned from that rock bottom, because I think, you know, they all lead to your biggest breakthroughs, was how much we need other people. and how much we need to be able to show our true selves. One of the biggest ways that I abandoned myself was by masking. And it got to the point where when I confided in a friend just before Christmas, how bad my depression really was. Like I was drinking on my own, which is something I'd never done. And it was just the shame. And I said it to her and I was crying and she was like, but you don't seem depressed. Like, you seem fine. Like, you're in school every day. You seem fine. And that sent me into a real spiral of, like, I'm just making this up for attention. I'm not even depressed. And, you know, my therapist had to say, no, Claire, this is very real for you. This is this is very, very real. And I don't blame that person. I know that I just said it to the wrong person. I know that she just didn't have the, 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 the space to hold for me that time. And that doesn't make her a bad person. It doesn't, you know, I, I just hadn't figured out how to say it in a way where I don't know. And I am still figuring that out. I'm still getting better at being able to show my true self and not my, you know, social self, the like happy bubbly Claire, that's a mindset coach. And, you know, it is that it's, um, it's a journey and I, I, I we're never done. And I don't ever want to be done. I always want to be finding out more about myself. I always want to be learning ways to make myself healthier and happier. The, the end destination is death. So why are we all rushing there? Like, do you know what I mean? We're all ending the same way. So it is that like, it's about, it's about learning how to enjoy life while solving all the problems. You know, problems are just a part of life. We all have them. And one of my favorite parts of group coaching so I do a 12-week group coaching program and at the minute there's 13 women in it and on the first session I always get them to introduce themselves and you know what they're struggling with why they signed up to the course and what they want to get out of it and I love when they all start to realize that they all struggle with the same things you know I just want to be more confident I want to be kinder to myself and you know when we got to the last woman she was like I've never heard so many people all share like the same problems 
and just be so open and honest. And that group now we're on week seven and like just how honest they are and how vulnerable and real and you can just see such a difference in them. And it is that like verbal ventilation, part of my complex PTSD was a huge part of it was shame. And when you struggle with shame, you it's like you physically can't talk about it. It's like you your body won't let you tell people I'm on antidepressants, I'm really struggling. Like it just a huge part of my healing was being able to say to other people how bad it really was. Because that lifted the shame that brought me out of the there's something really wrong with me because co-regulation is just as important as self-regulation and co-regulation is where we tell someone what we're really thinking and they're able to go clear like like what my therapist was able to go if you were in chemotherapy now it's somebody seeing what we can't see so that's a huge part of it as well is allowing yourself to be vulnerable allowing other people to help you I am where I am today because of so much love and support and but I had to let that in I had to let people love and support me the way that I was loving and supporting them and that's a big step too there's so much coming up for me when you're speaking there Claire I'm actually quite surprised about it it's really um I take a couple of deep breaths to be honest with you um thanks so much for sharing that mm-hmm. um especially the part as well, even when you're speaking about the alcohol piece as well, that was something I think is really, thank you so much for sharing that because I think there's a huge shame, especially for women as well around Mm -hmm. that. And one thing that's really coming to mind, I'm actually getting goosebumps here. Um, This isn't just a podcast. This isn't just, I heard Claire Feely speaking on Sinead Heggs and then I heard her and calling it out and yeah, she'd great, you know, you know, affirmations and it's momentum. Like this is, this is your life. This is your experience. And I think from you even sharing that here today, that's what it's all about. It's it's having the ability to connect mm. past all the fucking layers of conditioning and shite. And don't get me wrong. There's yeah, there's cool stuff and there's lovely stuff. And when you get these wins professionally, personally, they're lovely. And I think one thing when you, I could definitely relate to the shinier it is on the outside is probably one of the first it was the most painful time for me. And it's because I think there was this you're just not deserving. You're not connected to the world around you and the world within gives the world out. And thank you so much for really sharing that, because I think it's important to actually stop, reflect and pause. And I often encourage if anybody's listening to the podcast, I say, don't just listen to it. Stop. Take even 15 minutes pause what did I take from what was being said in that episode how can I apply that to where I'm at that this isn't just another like you said mindset coach speaking about something this like someone like yourself those places I always say good shit makes good fertilizer but it's challenging at that time to understand that but I think using even your sharings your experience valuing that connecting with that letting that in and recognizing that Anybody listening to this, we're not the special snowflake. We often think that we are, that we're too fecked to be fixed, you know, but we're not. I I changed the E. I do normally say the other one, right? But, you know, but it's, it's, you know, we're beyond and it's like you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You just think that there is. And I love what you're talking about, like. The, the mindset work is so powerful. So we're making space to let that in. That You cannot selectively know the vulnerability. It's raw, but it is so, so beautiful. And without that, it's not everything, but without it, we have nothing. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like you said, practicing that, even practicing using your voice, putting your runners on, getting into the shower, writing an affirmation I want to want to trust that I'm good enough you know meet yourself where you're at um yeah I just really wanted a minute even myself just to take that on just it's it's I'm really grateful for you sharing that Claire um I think many can relate to it and it's like what you said it's let's let it in let's stop let's pause let's reflect and see okay so what can we do about it where can we take it where am I at even if you feel like you're on your own, even if you feel like you're the only one, 
you're not in your and I think group I'm so glad you're your group coach and we we have groups on a Tuesday and they blow me out of the park every time I've actually not been in a while and we used to have them in person Tuesdays and Saturdays and if they just it's incredible isn't it? It, it, it that's really what it's about I think mm-hmm. you know sometimes when you're in that space I'm thinking how am I here? like this is off the charts what yeah. people are bringing <laughs> yeah you know um thank you so much for 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 everything um that you've shared here today really um I'm going to actually even just kind of sit and even reflect there's so much in it there's one thing I suppose I wanted to maybe even ask before before we finish up what what's the kind of main thing you feel like you've learned about yourself between last Christmas and, and this Christmas coming because it seems yeah what, what have you learned about Claire oh yeah that's the the big question the, the big one like what is the biggest thing that I've learned I think the biggest thing that I've learned is to separate my self-worth from the outside world so to stop chasing like the appearance achievements approval and to just I the purpose of my life is to enjoy it the purpose of my life is to be happy I want to love myself I want to love my life and that's a daily you know that's I'm working on that every day and I, I just want whoever's listening to this to know that I was chatting with my friend, my best friend that, you know, when I was going through this, I would call her video call and just cry. And I don't know how she like, (laughs) I don't, I I know how she did support Mm. me, but just, it must've been really hard for her too, because she was so far away. She's in Australia. I was in Abu Dhabi at the time, but we were talking at the weekend and I was telling her, you know, I'm starting my own podcast and I was telling her about, you know, the things that are going so well. And she was just like, we were just reflecting on this time last year. That's when I was calling her bawling down the phone. Like, I just can't do this anymore. And she was like, Claire, you weren't yourself at all. Like you just, I didn't even recognize you. Like you just, you weren't yourself. And just to see how far you can come in a year. And I've come that far because I've started putting myself first. I realized that I had to stop going through life, people pleasing, putting others first. You know, yes, my body completely shut down. I was on the sofa for six weeks in pajamas, but it made me realize that my happiness is not outside of me. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep you know, wanting to be somebody that I'm not, pretending to be somebody that I'm not, I need to just be me. And I need to do what I love and be around who I love. And those that aren't bringing out the best in me to love them and let them go. Love them and let them go. Like it's not, we're all on our own journeys. We're all trying to figure life out. And that's the power of the groups that you're talking about is coming together and seeing other humans being messy, being imperfect. It gives us permission. And like I've learned more from my clients this year, like it nearly makes me emotional thinking about my clients because I just I'm so grateful for them showing up, being vulnerable, doing the work. I've learned more from them like they've given me permission to be messy they've given me permission to be on my own journey and they've inspired me so so much so I think the biggest thing that I've learned as well is that we need other people we need you know we're not meant to do this journey on our own we're not meant to suffer in silence we're not meant to swim and drown in shame we're meant to be happy we're meant to live full lives and you know it just if I can do this in a year and there's nothing special about me, I promise, like I know Jacqueline, you've been so kind with what you've said about what I've put out there, but I'm just, I promise you there is nothing special about me. If you saw me on the sofa last year, you would not have imagined that this year, this is where my life would be going. I just took back charge of my life. I stopped being a victim and I, I just went with what, I was most passionate about and that's helping others you know be the happiest healthiest version of themselves and thank you so much like this is not just a podcast this is 
you know, for some people, it's a total lifeline. So thank you so much for hosting this podcast, for having me on it and for the amazing work that you do. I wouldn't have come on the podcast if it didn't resonate with me. I love the work that you do. I love your two facts to be fixed. Like there's so many things you say that really stick with me. I just, you, you can have that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put that in loan to you. Fabulous. We're so good at seeing how fabulous other people are. But Jacqueline, you are honestly an absolute gem. You really are the stuff you come out with. I'm keeping that one. I'm putting that in the bag. Too fat to be fixed. You can have that one. That is a gift to you. That is for (laughs) you. But you have to have a laugh, don't you? Oh, you You have to. You have to have a laugh. Oh, God. That's my in a coaching session. Like if you can't make the client laugh about the shit show that's happening, like it's healing is not as serious as our mind makes it out to be. It's you have to laugh with it. Yeah, there gets a point where you're like, yeah, actually, I'm just here for the crack at this stage. What's the alternative? I just said, like, that's what confidence is. I just said, I like, give it a go because it couldn't yeah. be any worse, do you know? Give it a lash, like, yeah, Let's see oh. what happens with this. Yeah, I love that. Claire, thank you so much. I will be pointing people in the direction of yourself where they can find you at Claire Feely Mindset Coach. I will be putting your details in the little notes. I'm trying to get more professional with that. Um, I will say thank you so much for your time so I can, you know, have uh, Amelia end the recording. But I would like to hang on for two seconds. I don't want to just click, click leave meeting. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everything. And uh, I know many will get so much out of it. Thanks, Claire. Thanks so much.